With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. My guest today, well, you could call him one of the greatest shooters in NBA history, though he's never scored a point. He is George Kalinske, the longtime official photographer for the Knicks and Madison Square Garden. And when I say longtime, I mean since 1966. And George has shot some of the most iconic photos you've seen, even if you didn't know he was the name behind those images. And here's a partial list of some of the people that he's shot over the decades. Muhammad Ali, Frank Sinatra, and he's got phenomenal personal stories about both of those guys. The Rolling Stones, The Pope, Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, Elton John, John Lennon, Bill Clinton, Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, Jimi Hendrix, Beyonce, U2, Elvis Presley. Uh, he's had an incredible career and that career, the sports part of it or the basketball part of it, now being rewarded in a few weeks. George's work is already in the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield and now George Kalinske himself will be heading to Springfield. He is one of the recipients of the Kurt Gowdy Media Award this year. He'll receive that honor on September 10th during induction weekend. The other is getting the Gowdy Award this year. Of course, Mike Gorman, the longtime Celtics broadcaster and Mel Greenberg, longtime sports writer and a pioneer in covering the women's game. So those two and George all going in uh, under the Gowdy Award banner. Um, George's work, he's been featured in Times Square in the Basketball Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, Museum of Modern Art. The Library of Congress added his photography in 2019. So he's an absolute uh, legend in the world of photography, including sports photography. And if you just Google his name, George Kalinske, and say Bill Russell, you will see one of the most amazing shots you've ever seen of Bill Russell. Google him, uh, George Kalinske, and Willis Reed, and you'll get a couple of the most iconic shots of Willis Reed in both uh, 1970 and 73. He's got a bunch of great stories to share. He's a phenomenal person too. Before we get to the interview, a quick reminder, please rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover on your favorite podcast platform. If you have feedback, hit me on Twitter at Howard Beck. Okay, my interview with the legendary George Kalinske is coming up next, so stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. Now very pleased to be joined by a soon-to-be Hall of Famer, 
already a Hall of Fame person, George Kalinsky. George, how are you, my friend? Howard, how are you? It's nice to be with you. It's great to be with you, too. Uh, it's been too long since I've seen you because I have not been to the Garden in at least a year and a half, and I think you haven't been there much in that time either. So nice that we could at least connect uh, via Zoom, and nice that we can connect on this occasion. We're uh, just a few weeks out now from you going into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. How are you feeling about this honor? I assume you are still busily working busily working on your acceptance speech. Um, how are you feeling just about this moment, about this honor? What's it going to mean to you? It's a mixed feeling. Uh, you know, there's so many terrible things going on in the world. And um, these we should be figuring out ways to help uh, our world be a better place. But I, I also have the feeling of being excited and exhilarated because I was, I, I never thought I would, I ever would be uh, elected to the, uh, to the basketball hall of fame. The, uh, the Naismith Memorial basketball hall of fame to me is like a shrine. And uh, growing, growing up when it was in its early premature, uh, early uh, uh, stages, uh, I, I watched it grow. And then to see uh, and to hear and to get a phone call from John DeLever that I am going to be elected into the Hall of Fame with the John, uh, with the uh, Kurt Gowdy Media Award, I, I can't tell you how great that feels for anybody who's a, a lover of basketball. Uh, to get into the Basketball Hall of Fame is uh, is just fabulous. No, it's, it's 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 incredible and well deserved. I remember talking to Andy Bernstein, of course, longtime photographer for the NBA and the Lakers, a couple of years ago when he was about to go in with the Kurt Gowdy Award. And um, for both of you, I mean, it's 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 a recognition of a of a of a lifetime of work, but of all of the icons that you have photographed, all the Hall of Famers themselves, you now, in a way, get to join them. So I wanted to ask you about um, this year's Hall of Fame class. Let's start there, because Chris Bosch is going in, Paul Pierce, Chris Weber, Ben Wallace. Um, all of those guys, of course, have passed through the Garden many times during your time as the Garden photographer. Do you have any particular memories of any of those four whether it's a moment or even a photo, an image of, of one of those four guys. You know, I remember Chris Bosch somehow more than the others because I took an interest in what he had to say. Mm. And um, I thought that he, he was uh, rather, uh, I thought he was rather sort of intellectual in terms of understanding what, uh, what is what's what's really going on in the world, and uh, he was very upfront. Uh, he he knew how to speak. I loved his creativity in relation to uh, being together with uh, with the fans. Uh, he he knew that uh, a good relationship with the fans was important, and um, and he did his best to be. He was funny. He was uh, he he was in a way he was like an entertainer. Um. Some of the other players each have their own. I, I have my memory of our, our, our Boston. When anybody wins an award from Boston, I, I noticed that everybody from Boston, it seems, comes to join and be part of it. And um, this year you have um, a very popular Boston uh, player who little by little became the, the voice of the Celtics. Um, actually, the voice of the Celtics is going to be inducted. <laughs> that's true, too. And, uh, and Gorman. I think that's really uh, wonderful. But um, I just feel, uh, I feel thrilled that I'm part of this and that um, I, I have an opportunity to congratulate People like Mike Breen, who won the award before me, and the Hall of Fame, who have selected uh, a certain amount of people to uh, represent uh, the game. I love the somehow when you talk about the game, it, it refers more to basketball, let's say, than to baseball. 
uh, for those of you who like the game, somehow is, is very basketball to me. Now, maybe it's because of the way I grew up. Uh, and I love baseball. I actually had a tryout with the Baltimore Orioles, and I, that was one of the th thrills that I had in my athletic career. And I, I always felt that it was important um, to have something that you can really do and enjoy and be good at. And I felt that somewhere in the art field, that was going to be me. And the, I had a tryout with the uh, Baltimore Orioles uh, many years ago. And uh, they actually offered me a contract uh, to play. And I said to myself, um, self, you're not going to really be a great ball player. You're not going to be Mickey Mail. You're not going to be uh, Willie Mays. But I think I can be a great artist. And somehow by being at the training camp for the Orioles, it, it actually more solidified my feeling about being in the uh, world of, of art in some way. And it turned out that it, photography was the way. I went through, I was a cartoonist, I, was, uh, I did paintings. I did um, many things in the, in the world of art. But, and I spoke to so many people, it's amazing the amount of people who enjoy talking about the art world and who are in the art world. So um, anyway, I felt that that was the place for me and that I wasn't going to be a great ball player. So <laughs> I, they did me a favor by letting me play. And then I saw, I, I measured myself and said, Kolinsky, you're not going to be Mickey Mantle or Willie Mays. Well, this is how it goes, right? So you, if you're, uh, you know, you're, if you love sports the way we both do, at a certain point, I realize I'm not going to be a wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, which was my, you know, my boyhood team. That was the team I rooted hardest for. And so, yeah, you, we, we find other ways into the sports world. Uh, you got the job at the Garden in 1966. What do you remember about how that came about? Did you have any inkling at the time that this is something that could almost literally last a lifetime and take you to so many amazing places, um, literally and figuratively. Um, how did, how did the start of this come about? Um, I, I, my career actually started in 1966 and I, I ran into Howard Cosell and uh, Muhammad Ali, who was uh, Cassius Clay at the time in Miami, where I was, uh, I was interviewing for a job as a sports cartoonist or political cartoonist for the um, Miami Herald. And I, I had to think about that twice. Hmm. Uh, anyway, the uh, Miami Herald wanted to hire me and as a sports cartoonist and political cartoonist. And I, I was just debating with me, uh, with my family, if this is something we want to do by coming down to Miami uh, and living in Miami, uh, which is not a bad place to live. Um, anyway, uh, I, I, I followed uh, Cassius Clay into the gym and Angelo Dundee stopped me. He said, you can't come in unless you pay a dollar. And I had this camera around my shoulder, which I only, or basically only took uh, <clears throat> for pictures that were part of my family. And uh, I said, it just came out of my mouth. I said, Angelo, I'm the photographer of Madison Square Garden. And Angelo said, okay, comedian, come on in. So that's how I got into the gym. And then I had this, my Roly, my one camera that I had, which was a pretty good camera. I went to Pratt and I, I needed a good camera to photograph my designs that I was making at Pratt. And so I knew how to work the camera pretty well. And so I took pictures of Cassius Clay working out. Uh, I thanked Angelo for letting me in to have this wonderful opportunity to photograph people who um, are famous. I never, I never saw a famous, I never photographed a famous person before. So I, I, uh, I, I left the gym, I got it and I drove to where our, our motel was, and I saw that Muhammad Ali, I, I, I keep, it's easy to say Muhammad Ali because that's who he is, but at those, in those days he was Cassius Clay. And I heard on the news that Cassius Clay uh, was doing something newsworthy, so I brought my role of film that I shot in the gym to uh, the Miami Herald, <clears throat> the photography department, 
and they put one of the pictures over the wire service. And the next day, one of my pictures is all over the world. So this is 1966. Um, I, 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 thought, I thought to myself, I said, self, this is something you can do and uh, that you can have fun at. And I certainly uh, went at it pretty quickly because the next day by having one of my pictures all over the world, was, I, I was a big deal. So I went to, Matt, to John Condon, who was the PR director of Madison Square Garden Boxing. And he said, if you can come to me with one roll of film, I have the chutzpah to hire you. <clears throat> and um, that's exactly what he said. He said, if you have the chutzpah to come to me with one roll of film, I have the chutzpah to hire you. And that's how I became the photographer of Madison Square Garden, the New York Knicks, the Rangers, and eventually uh, two million pictures later. <laughs> I, I feel so thrilled and honored to be in the Hall of Fame. It's it's absolutely incredible. And some of your most iconic photos, I mean, you mentioned Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. That a, a, becomes a recurring theme for you, right? I mean, he's somebody you shot many times. Did you tell me about, you know, how you got to know him as both a subject and and just one to one over the years? What kind of relationship do you think you built with him? When I had that first uh, photo shoot, so to speak, uh, in, in the in the gym where in the Fifth Street gym where Muhammad Ali was. Um, that was, that was important to me in relation to having Muhammad Ali as my friend, because when we, I was, I wasn't so fast as, as, as I mentioned it before. Uh, it really was something where I, I looked in my camera, I saw Ali's eyes, uh, it sort of excited me that I can take someone famous and actually see him in my camera. And, um. I, I, I thought that that was a, a very important um, uh, time to get to know Cassius Clay and Muhammad Ali. So uh, we, we just started a relationship, a, a, a friendship that, uh, that just kept going on because I always had assignments to photograph Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, and it was a, a real great opportunity, a privilege to be uh, near him, to talk with him. And as time went on, you start seeing that he has issues, I have issues, we all have issues, and that we can start talking to each other uh, as friends. And somehow we clicked. And there was a chemistry that I had with uh, Muhammad. And uh, and he loved art and he loved uh, Leroy Neiman. We were like a threesome with Leroy Neiman. And uh, we, would, uh, we would go walking here or there. And um, uh, Leroy was always asking uh, Ali about boxing and Ali would ask Leroy about painting. And uh, he did, Leroy did so many paintings and mainly sketches actually uh, for us. And we, I was really interested as an artist to start off with. And, but Ali was really interested in, in, the, uh, in the world of art. And he knew more about art. He was a pretty good artist. And he, he, I, still, uh, I still like to look at his pictures that he did of clowns and children and airplanes, mostly airplanes. And he loved, he loved kids. He loved children. And he, uh, he did so much for making kids happy that were around him. I remember uh, Ari coming to the garden and he's carrying this big suitcase. And I'm saying, that must be heavy, what's in there? And he said, uh, he said, they're cards to the kids to sign. Uh, I, I can sign my autograph to the kids. Hmm. I said, but this is like a trunk. Even for you, this has got to be heavy. He said, for, the do for whatever I can do for the kids, I'm happy and I want to do it. And our, the kids are the important people in this world. These are the people we have to be good to and, and teach and, and, and learn and, and grow up with. That's fantastic. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know, with Ali, there's this obvious charisma about him, right? He's one of the greatest fighters and one of the greatest athletes of all time, but he also just has this 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 thing, this this uh this aura about him, a spark. Do you find George that in the people that you've shot over the years, whether it's athletes, whether it's all the years of shooting Patrick Ewing or when Michael Jordan comes through the garden, when Kobe comes through the garden, when LeBron comes through the garden, or whether it's Elton John or Mick Jagger, whoever it may be, are are there best subjects for you as photographer, people who, in addition to their talent, just have that other special something? And is that is that something definable? Is it something you can key in on and say, yeah, like, this is somebody that I really want to shoot because there's this spark and I, and I can see it through my viewfinder? Iconic is an interesting word. Um, I had an exhibit a few years ago, and I'm going to answer your question. I, I, I had an exhibit a few years ago uh, at the um, at the museum in New York and the, the National Historical Society. And um, I I sort of looked at my work when it, after they mounted it on the wall, and I said I said to myself, "You took all these pictures of icons," and I mean I was like I had goose goosebumps uh, goosebumps, and I. I was, for the first time, this is only a couple of years ago, uh, but for the first time, I looked at my work, even if it was not in a book or on a wall, uh, but in a, in a, in a, in a uh, place where I had Picasso on one side of the wall and my pictures were on the other. And I, I, actually, that was a good feeling to have Picasso that's, on the other side of the cool. wall. pretty <laughs> cool. Um, maybe someday I'll make it so we'll be on the same side of the wall. But... <laughs> Um, I, I said, you took all those iconic pictures and it, it just really, it hit me that this was, um, this was important that the ultimate picture of Sinatra or Ali, uh, Elton John, uh, Pavarotti, I, I, I seem to have taking the favorite photo of so many people. And that's the most important, um, that taking the most important or the, the most liked pe- picture of somebody to me is the ultimate, um, the ultimate story and uh, the ultimate um, 
it's like achievement, right? Like that's the ultimate for a photographer. You capture the moment that everybody else talks about. To capture the moment of a person and to, and to, uh, to have that person tell me that that was their favorite photograph that anyone ever took of them, that to me is the ultimate uh, uh, compliment. I, I'm sorry I couldn't think of the word compliment. But that's the ultimate compliment to a photographer. And I was, I, I really, I, I looked and I said, you took a lot of pictures, but a lot of pictures don't mean that much. Uh, it has to do with quality. And there's so many pictures that I have taken that turn out to be iconic pictures like Willis Reed walking on the court. Um, are, it was iconic because it was a moment, a moment that was very special. And not only was it a moment that was special, it was a photograph that was, uh, was judged by its artistic merit. And the artistic merit of a picture is really the ultimate uh, dream for a photographer to be able to, uh, to uh, execute. Uh, I remember getting a phone, from, a phone call from Nancy uh, and Tina Sinatra. And Tina said, and her father had just passed away only uh, a few days before. And she called me and uh, Tina had tears in her eyes. And I, I wasn't sure what was gonna happen, but she said, um, of all the pictures that have ever been, I just, I, she said, George, I have to tell you this, where of all the pictures that have been taken of my father, no picture had the, um, the aura no picture had the essence of how you captured him. I love my father. I think in this song that he, you took the picture of him, uh, one for my baby, uh, three o'clock in the morning. Um, she said, I was that person that he was singing to. And I, I just think that no, it's just, uh, I just wanted you to know that that's a picture that was more important to us as a family, as a photograph, than any other picture that, uh, that was taken of Frank, my father, Frank Sinatra. That's amazing. Is that so? There's a you have several incredible shots of Frank Sinatra. Um, one of which, as I understand it, I think you had conceptualized where he's basically like a, a boxer in the ring. Is it that one, or is it one is it more the the up close one on his on his tight on his face as uh, as he's singing? Because you have several of him, I believe. Of Sinatra. Yeah. I, my, I, there, there are a lot, and um, I can, it, it, I, th I have a lot of pictures of Sinatra, and to think back that I can come up with the uh, pictures that the family likes, that Frank liked. Frank every every Christmas, Frank said, uh, I, I need, I need some pictures for, for Christmas gifts, and so <laughs> I, I, I made him a few prints and whatever he asked for, and whatever Frank asked for, Frank gets. So um, he he, uh, he 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 signed pictures for as gifts for people at Christmas time. That's awesome. But um, the one picture that he really loved was one with his with a cigarette in his hand, and his family loved that picture too. And there was an arty again. We we went to art, but uh, there was an art element to that picture that was so important. And when you take a picture of, uh, when you take a picture of some, somebody important, um, or, or a picture that is a, a really great shot and may or may not be important, but it's a great shot. You don't know necessarily how good the picture is gonna be until you see it develop. And like some people ask me, do you know, uh, did you know that in your camera you had a great shot? And I said, no, I didn't know until I, I, I developed it. And then I, you can tell because some pictures like Willis walking on the court to mention a picture I keep talking about uh, because it was such, such an important moment in Madison Square Garden um, and, in, uh, and for that matter in the world of basketball. Um, the aura of, of Willis walking on the court was not understood fully for maybe five or 10 years later. And then 10 years after Willis walked on the court and the Knicks are not winning and basketball is becoming more important, um, you just see that 
that that picture is emerging. And I think it was the first picture that was in the Hall of Fame as a, as a photograph for being in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure, but I think I'm right. Um, but that picture became more famous as time went on. And that's something that you, uh, you don't know. Now, a picture of uh, like Pavarotti where he's going like this and, and the encore and he and he, he he just is in a typical Pavarotti uh, uh, movement, uh, uh, movement and uh, and and also the, the the hands are have such meaning uh, the hands of uh, Elvis the hands of uh, of um, so many entertainers and and. Uh, and sports people who, at the end, uh, you win the you win the Stanley Cup and your your arms are up like Messier has his arms up. That's the ultimate picture that you're looking for. But then you can come up with a situation like Bill Russell, who uh, I took a photograph of him rebounding, and that simple rebounding picture may be my favorite picture in sports and certainly in basketball that I ever took. Wow. It was uh, to me, it was arty. It was. It was uh, aesthetically uh, beautiful, actually. and he looked—he looked like Bill Russell in this picture. It looked like he was have somebody sculpture him in this position, and that position will be—he uh, would be known forever. And it turns out that that turned out to be Bill Russell's favorite photograph. His. Uh, he he said that uh, anybody anybody who wants to use a picture of him as best he can, he's going to try to make it be that that's the photograph that that is being used. This is the shot. If I'm looking at the right one, George, uh, it's it's in black and white, and Russell only has one leg planted because the other foot is in the air as high as the basketball itself. Is that the shot? It's an amazing situation that his foot went higher than his head. It's incredible. I was talking to somebody today about that and uh, somebody who was interested in, the, in talking about the picture and he, the, person did, the person only knew that it was a good shot. And it, I, I feel it was my best shot that I ever took in, in basketball, if not sports. Wow. But it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a, a carving. It's a sculpture. It's, uh, it has a beginning, a middle, and end. It has all the elements that you want it, that you want in a in a picture, and uh, this is also arguably the greatest, one of the certainly one of the two or three greatest players of all time. He, uh, Russell actually was my favorite player of all time, and I uh, I love the fact that he was able to bring the ball up. He was a point guard that was a center, and he he was. Um, he just had movements that no one else had. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. George, when you think about, I mean, man, you, you have shot pretty much every Hall of Famer, every, all, every all-star, every great player, every player big and small um, for you know a, a half century. So I, it might be hard to narrow it down. But were there specific guys, whether the Knicks, obviously the team you shot the most, or anybody else in the league, were there certain guys who you most enjoyed shooting, having that vantage point you know, from courtside, from the baseline, and that when they came to the garden, or again, if it, maybe it was one of the Knicks, that you thought, like, this is just somebody I really enjoy tracking and capturing. Well, the exciting players are like the exciting entertainers. Sometimes these players are uh, like LeBron James and uh, Kobe, Michael Jordan. These these players have, uh, have a, a, a charisma to them that uh, that makes it one makes you want to take the, take a picture of them. That makes you want to capture this charisma. Uh, I look at uh, Elton John as an example of an entertainer with the glasses and his cape, and I see Elvis as a, a, with his cape, and he got the cape of Little Richard, the cape idea. And then you go to uh, Michael Jordan coming in, and you can't get enough of Michael. Uh, like I photographed Michael uh, in his slam dunk contest. Uh, which was the first uh, slam dunk contest. Or, uh, that was his first year he played. And I, I think I got what, is, what I would consider really good shots, great shots of Michael. And I, I, just, um, I, I, I just feel that um, as time goes on and you get enough uh, iconic shots in iconic places and for iconic moments uh, that these pictures are going to be uh, more valuable, more, uh, more, um, more interesting, which reminds me of Sinatra telling me once we went out to dinner once and actually we went out to dinner, we went out to dinner more than once, but uh, we, we uh, were talking about, the, uh, uh, an event called the main event and Sinatra always uh, Sinatra said I want to tell you something this he told me at our lunch and he said I want to tell you something he said I'm going to tell you something that you know you never heard before and that I've kept and I very rarely have talked to anybody about this but I want your I want to share it with you he said when I was when I was young I, my dream was when I was a teenager my dream was to be the heavyweight champion of the world um, I wanted because there's nothing, nothing in the world that has a bigger aura, a bigger uh, uh, platform, a bigger stage <clears throat> than the heavyweight, than winning the heavyweight championship of the world in Madison Square Garden. You need all of those pieces. You need Madison Square Garden. You need the uh, fact that it's a heavyweight championship. I, that's my dream. Well, I couldn't be that. And I did the best I could. And that's why I came uh, to, to various people, including yourself, to find out about what they thought about the main event and I, uh, as for me. And, how, and I wanted the, the feeling of not only the main event of uh, a boxing champion, but I wanted the feeling of having that, having the heavyweight, the aura of the heavyweight championship fight um, uh, and and having it at the garden, Sinatra said the be next best thing was to have it as a, as a concert at the garden. And I want I want the the ceiling of the garden, which is so spectacular. 
I want that to be in the, in my picture of of the advertising for it. I want my I want that to be to have the same quality and the same uh, importance as the ceiling in the Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier fight. So I I I did some I I said I made it so I uh, made uh, uh, some sketches for Frank and he 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 loved the idea of being under the ceiling in a tuxedo a white tuxedo with uh, I'm sorry a black tuxedo with a white scarf and Frank looked dazzling and it, it was uh, it was an opportunity to uh, photograph Frank the way he wanted to be photographed and he wanted to be pleased. And that's some of the artwork that we shared. But again, he, 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 he did everything he could to physically and artistically have something that would be uh, very similar to the Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier poster. When the, when the, when the day came of the, uh, for the main event um, event, Sinatra called me. He said, "I th- he said this is this." He used the word marvelous a lot. He said, "This is marvelous," and uh, I I I was very happy and uh, thrilled about that. And he said, "I hope it works." And the the, uh, the ad ran of Sinatra holding up his hands like this, and with the tuxedo, with the garden ceiling on the top. The ad ran internationally. And, and papers all over the world, and as well as uh, the United States, and he has uh, he has great. Uh, he, we had great shots of of uh, of the ceiling of Sinatra with his arms up, and it was um, it was it was a Sinatra dream come true. Very cool. Uh, that that is. Possibly one of the coolest stories that could possibly be told, uh, or certainly at least from a from a photographer's uh, point of view. That's incredible. Um, you've also been part of, witnessed to, and photographed um, three really important moments, of course, in New York sports history: the 1970 Knicks championship, the '86 Mets championship, the '94 Rangers, which you were alluding to earlier. Um, of those three, is there a favorite? You know, I. Some people ask me, what is my favorite photograph? And the truth of the matter is, is that I have had the privilege to photograph so many important things that I, and to come out with so many important pictures, uh, especially the iconic ones, that it's hard to say. Um, I mean, Willis walking on the court was a moment that was special, uh, special in the history of the garden. Um, I think Jesse Orozco on his knees uh, when the Mets uh, won the World Series against Boston. Um, that was that was that was really big to me in terms of artistic. It was uh, he's on his knees, his hands are up. Uh, I, I sometimes think that I can do a whole book on just people with their hands up and arms raised. Uh, I mean, the Pope, which I thought was a great picture that I took also has his arms raised as he's holding the girl. And um, it was, it was just, um, I, I think when it comes down to push, push uh, and shove, I think the, uh, I think the, uh, the Ali Frazier fight, which arguably was the greatest sporting event of all time, uh, was, the, was the event that I, I thought was the best. A couple more before I let you go, because I want to talk about Willis Reed for a minute, because you mentioned him walking on the court. Of course, we're talking about the uh, the 1970s NBA Finals, Lakers-Knicks, Game 7. Willis had been injured in Game 5 and missed all of Game 6. Um, so there's a the, the moment of him coming back, of course. This is what, just one of the – this is a, a legendary moment in, in sports history, period. Um, and I think there's some backstory there, too, because I know you know uh, Willis Reed very well. Uh Give me a, a sense of what that that moment was for you, and and what you knew going into that. I had lunch with Willis that 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 day, uh, May eighth, nineteen seventy, and I I told Willis, I, and I, I really meant this. I said, Willis, you, I I I'm not sure I want you to play because, um, you just you can hurt yourself for life. 
and um, he said, he's going to play. And he's going to play because only maybe only once in your lifetime that you get an opportunity to, to win a championship. And tonight is an opportunity for me to win a championship. And I'm going to play if I have to scroll out of my hands and knees and I'm coming out there to play. And uh, he's, he, he was emphatic about that. And it was so important that Willis, um, Willis play for him but it was also an important moment of probably the most exciting moment on the court of Madison Square Garden ever. That it was a that uh, I, I kept running into the dressing room to see how Willis was doing. He was getting dressed. He were, all of New York wanted to know, that was the big question. All of New York wanted to know if Willis was gonna play. And I'm saying, it's not a question. They don't know how, hurting, how he's hurting. But Willis did play. He won the championship for the Knicks. He inspired the Knicks and motivated the Knicks to uh, to uh, to win, to score the first two baskets. Uh, Jerry West was mad at, uh, at uh, Jerry West was mad at Will Chamberlain because Chamberlain only wanted me to go into the dressing room to find out how Willis was doing, and and West said, "We're never going to win a game if we're worried about a player's and how a player feels." So um, West Hill tells me um, that the worst moment he ever had on the court was that moment where Willis, everybody was worried about Willis um, and his, including his team. And, that, uh, and that's not what winning is. Winning is when you're determined to beat whoever you're playing and, uh, and don't worry about um, anything else but, but winning. So Willis's name became, uh, it's almost like in the dictionary, uh, you, you're pulling a Willis Reed if you're coming back from an injury. And um, absolutely true, by the way, and, and we all refer to that now. That is the go-to reference point. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
And it's it's interesting. So of all these iconic shots that we've talked about of yours, the one that sticks out to me, George, uh, my personal favorite is not even on the court. I think it's actually the uh, the 73 Knicks team, everybody with the number one up. Um, Willis Reed, Phil Jackson's in that shot, Walt Frazier, uh, Bill Bradley. And, uh, and of course, Phil Jackson's got this funny gap-toothed grin. There's just something that's the absolute joy of, of that photo um, that, to me, is always... Uh, leapt out it just it just resonates emotionally um that one's a really a really fun shot as well um and a lot of your work is of course already in the basketball hall of fame so in some ways your work preceded you to springfield uh by by several years i imagine i don't know how many of your shots are there but i know that that they're, they have quite a collection you know uh you mentioned bill bradley and i spoke to bradley actually uh today and um before the fifth game in 1974 Willis was was still hobbling terribly and Bradley told me that you concentrate with your camera on on Bradley on me because I'm going to be doing something that I never did before I'm going to be jumping in joy with showing a lot of emotion on Willis's back and Willis is going to just have to put up with it because that's the, we're going to win tonight. I'm going to show emotion and feelings, which I hardly ever do. And I, I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to show the world that, that Bill Bradley can really smile, can really get ex- exhilarated, can really uh, get excited in a, in a game. And that, um, you just watch. You'll see. You'll see what's going to happen. And at the end of the game, with three seconds to go, Bradley uh, just breaks away from everybody else, jumps on Willis, has the emotion in his face with his mouth open and his eyes, and um, and that became uh, a really important shot uh, for, for for Bradley. But it also was the, it was earlier and it was the uh, the earlier part of the evening where the picture you liked of Bill Bradley uh, with, the, with the four other Nick players with, the, with uh, holding up their finger, we're number one. And that was a great shot also. But if I had to pick on which is the best shot, I couldn't because they both show emotion, they both have feelings, and they both have everything you want in a picture. Absolutely. Well said. Um, Before I let you go, so um, because of COVID, of course, none of us were in NBA arenas for a long stretch last year. And because of COVID concerns, I know you sat out uh, most or maybe all of this past season. The Knicks are finally good again, um, which I'm sure is more enjoyable for you. Um, You know, regardless, you can get great photos of winning teams or losing teams, but the Garden's more fun when the Knicks are great. Um, Do you have thoughts on on how you're going to handle the upcoming season what's it been like for you to have to have that detachment for this this period of time uh, after so many years of so many events uh, that, that you've been you know present for well obviously um i'm not the youngest person uh, anymore and uh, i i still uh, enjoy uh working out and i enjoy photographing and i i think i can still take his uh my photographs are uh, still uh, are good, and uh, but the, it's things are changing, and um, I would like to continue as as long as I take good pictures. My objective in photographing a game naturally is to get good photographs, and I I feel that um, that's what my job is. I can still do it, and as long as the uh, the garden allows me to take the photographs and gives me the privilege to be able to photograph uh, these great entertainers and athletes, uh, I'm going to do it. You know, it's really um, hard to think about what I'm going to do when I don't take pictures anymore. And in some ways, I look at what I do and I say, you know, you can take pictures as long as you want. Nobody's going to stop you from taking pictures because this is what you enjoy, this is what you do well, this is what you like to do. I've taken two million pictures. Um, there's always room for more, I guess. But um, I, I, will, I will go along with whatever uh, is best for, uh, 
for my relationship with the garden. And I, I, the garden has been, you know, the garden has been a place where I have been able to photograph on the world's biggest stage, on the world's most famous stage, and the world's most um, known arena. And this is a responsibility that just can't be taken lightly. The fact that I'm the garden photographer means that I have to make sure that my pictures are better than anyone else's. And that, that, that may, may seem odd that I say that, but uh, I, have the, um, I have the drive in me that wants to, I, I, I say to myself, I hope there's 400 uh, photographers here. I hope there's 600 photographers here. So I, I'm really driven to take the best pictures I can possibly take. And I want to continue to do that as long as I can. And uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, as I said, the, the garden is, is, uh, is a place where you want to take the best pictures uh, to do the best you can. For example, when LeBron James or the Pope or Pavarotti or Sinatra um, or back in the, or Peggy Fleming, these people know that they have to, uh, they have to take the best, um, these people know that they have to um, perform better than anywhere else. They have to perform at a higher level than any other arena in the world. Madison Square Garden is the showplace of arenas. Matter of fact, and it's, it's, it's the place where, it's the ultimate place where you can perform. And it doesn't matter if you are boxing or basketball or hockey. Um, and I, I think of it as, uh, it's, I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm able to take all of these pictures. Uh, I have the privilege to take all of these pictures. But um, I, I just feel that um, just like the players have, they sort of sweat. LeBron James sweats before he goes on the court. He's nervous. The Pope sweats. Sinatra sweated. Um, you know, even Ali sweated. And uh, so this is, the, uh, this is the hurdle that I set for myself. This is the, uh, this is the, um, the, 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 uh, the gauge that I have set to that I have to take pictures that are better than just anybody else's. Yeah. No, you've, you've got to live up to the legends that you're shooting as they're, they have the pressure on them. That's a performer at the garden, I guess in, uh, for you. So, so do you, uh, but you have lived up to that, uh, over and over through decades of sporting events and concerts and everything else. Um, you're the best George. I'm so happy to see you get this honor with the Kurt Gowdy award at the hall of fame. Congratulations again. Enjoy that moment uh, in a few weeks in Springfield. Great to see you and, and, uh, and hope to see you again at the garden soon when we both get back there. Howard, thank you very much. It's always been great to be with you and to talk with you. And I appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to George Kalinsky. Thank you, Sammy Steinlight, for getting us connected today. Thanks to our producer, Shelby Royston. And of course, thank you all for listening. Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me every Tuesday on The Crossover with all the latest NBA chatter. And on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. And hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.